0: Hello everyone, Paul here. Just a heads up regarding this week's episode. The audio might sound a little bit different than normal as we had a different setup this time, but hopefully you enjoy the episode anyway, regardless. So here we go.
1: Hi, I'm Sophie.
0: Hi, I'm Paul.
1: And we are SP Film Viewers.
0: And today we are doing something very different as we have a special guest joining us on this episode. He is a Canadian filmmaker and co-founder of Time To Kill Media. Warm welcome to Nick Faweda. I hope I'm saying that right.
2: <laughs> Close. Close enough. You're actually quite uh, quite good. Most people get it uh, much worse than that. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Uh, so how, how do you pronounce it then? Is it for or how?
2: Yeah, that's it actually, Faweda. It's, uh, it's Dutch. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's cool. So how, how are things in Canada with these you know, troubling times that we're in at the moment? Is it going or, or, or bad or good or what's what's the question?
2: It's interesting. Um, I mean, I haven't been at my office in like three months. Um, mm. So that's a little rough. Um, I, I was working from home for a while. Um, but obviously, there there's not a lot of work to really be done right now since we can't be on set. Mm. Um, so I'm just kind of Sitting pretty at home and watching a lot of movies and uh, trying to at least occupy my time a little bit, but um, more so bored than anything. If if uh, yeah, if anything,
0: right? Yeah, we're we're lucky enough to be able to uh, sort of work from home with the jobs that we do. Um, I'm a, a animator, and Sophie <laughs> works in accounting, but she can do her work from the uh, on the laptop.
1: Yeah, so we're quite lucky in that sense. So we don't really seem to have the kind of probably feel like we're twiddling this once as much do we but I think it is a bit of a scary
0: situation yeah yeah but anyway well let's not yeah. go on that too much <laughs> yeah. I mean I'd, I'd absolutely love to be um sat and yes with a spare time just watching films like you but
2: uh, yeah yeah watching a lot of things that have been on my list for for years now that I've really never gotten the opportunity to or if I've, I've or I've been putting off so yeah watching lots of like foreign films and mm-hmm. like films from you know the seventies, the eighties, and um, it, it's really cool. You know things that I've I've really wanted to to yeah. actually watch for uh, a while, but have just never had the opportunity. So I'm kind of trying to take advantage of it as much as I can, given the circumstances. Yeah, great stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that sounds brilliant. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I think that's something that you you've got a list, haven't you? Yeah, Yo, um, yeah,
0: I've got a stockpile of films on my shelf it's just like oh, yeah it's a meaning to get to and it's kind of just finding the time sometimes well, i
2: barely even scratched the surface even though i've been home for like two months i've <laughs> barely even scratched the sur- surface of the yeah. list there's so many on it still yeah.
0: so little time to watch more
2: <laughs> exactly
0: yeah yeah so we'll um start with going into your uh the short film that we've, we've watched um it was on amazon prime the family game night
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Family Game Night was a was a really fun one. It was actually um, it's not technically my directorial debut, but I'm kind of I was kind of treating it as my uh, my directorial debut uh, just because it was probably the most uh, like properly funded and professional film I had I had ever done um, before like prior to that. So um it's a it's a short uh, horror comedy uh film that uh, I wrote uh or I co-wrote I guess uh and kind of came up with the concept for with our writer uh, John Cohen who's actually based in uh the states um we uh we actually were writing a a TV series or a web series with him which we're still actually working on but we we kind of really really loved him as a writer so we wanted to uh, I like I pitched him this idea for for family game night and uh he came on and uh we wrote it and uh we filmed it at this point just under 2 years ago I'd say and mm-hmm. um yeah we we spent some time in post production and uh as of like 3 4 months ago it's been available on uh Amazon Prime before that it was uh playing festivals all around the world that's
0: great yeah uh as yet for the f- festival stuff has there been much response from it or
2: yeah, we had a very successful uh, festival run. Actually, we we played um, a bunch of festivals in the states, uh, a bunch in Canada. Uh, we played one in the UK. Uh, I can't remember where in the UK. Unfortunately, none of us were able to to get out for that one. Um, but yeah, no, we had a we had a great uh, response. We we actually took home a couple awards. Um, one for best short comedy uh, film in. A festival, and then uh, our lead actor, uh, Mark Brombacker, he took a uh, best actor and festival from uh, a local festival here in Toronto, or not in Toronto, actually, just a couple hours outside of Toronto, called uh Shockstock, which is a, a very recognizable horror film festival here in Canada.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 Like the um, the from the opening shot that we see in the, the thing, that's quite like a a good um, set up for almost like a horror type scenario when you see outside the, the house is kind of a good gives it a good vibe straight away kind of like well, yeah
1: it was the lighting i thought that of the shot itself you could see like the eeriness of yeah yeah the lighting yeah. and everything like yeah. that and yeah. you yeah. knew going it's on
2: really hard to keep it kind of just uh just street lighting for the outside and uh like the porch lighting we we did want to have it feel quite grim but uh <laughs> as we kind of uh like brought it inside uh, a little bit more. We we really wanted to to make it seem a lot brighter because the goal was at first to really make it seem like this very middle class suburban family. Like nothing was supposed to be wrong with them. Yeah. Uh, like there there's there shouldn't be any tell really that that stand like that makes them stand out from any other middle class suburban family with a couple of kids. Um. So that was kind of the goal. Is we we wanted to start really eerie and then um in the first actual scene uh, really bring it back and kind of make it a little bit more comforting and kind of just show the relationship of this family a little bit before we actually got to the, to the horror side of things. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: like i was a little bit like when paul said oh we're gonna watch this horror thing and i'm like mm.
0: yeah because sophie's not very <laughs> into horror films i said don't worry because i i checked out firstly and then said that oh, you'll you'll be fine there's nothing too untoward with this one it's kind of a but when i saw that opening
1: shot i was like <laughs> are you sure <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It, it, was, it was a fun one just because um even though it is a horror comedy i've always kind of uh, thought it is more of a like dark comedy, if anything, just that's a little bit spooky. Um, yeah. I was never planning to to do any big jump scares or anything with it. We we really just wanted to keep it grounded and and make it seem, um, yeah, just very relatable to a lot of people, I think. Um, and then instantly take that away with like demonic sacrifice and everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like um, at the end of it, you know, it could. Would you feel like it could be a death? Developed into like um, more episodic thing or in a full length feature based on the thing because I kind of got that way that it, you know could take on like another year's past and you see how they've they've grown or they keep doing it and something goes wrong or something like I got that sort of sense from watching the end of that short.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because uh, we're we're actually um, in development to make it a, a feature film. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I can't talk about that one very much. Um, 'cause there's still not a lot of detail, but that is the end goal is to actually uh make it more of a feature film uh style uh uh thing with uh with the the dad actually being the main character. Um And instead of it being more family focused, it's going to be more about his career and his life. And then um, just having all of these kind of secondary stories with like the daughter and her school life and uh, the little kid going to sleepovers and also being involved in this. And uh, the dad being like, uh, you know, an office man and having to, you know, do all these kind of ridiculous things and uh, (laughs) sacrifice people to the devil to actually um, maintain like, you know, his work life balance. Um, So it's it's interesting, but uh, yeah, like the the goal is to eventually make it a a feature film. Um, uh, there's not really a timeline for that one uh, yet, but that that is kind of what we're hoping to eventually. Fingers crossed, anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed for you. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, family game night was uh was definitely a really fun project as well, and uh, we want to get a lot of the people back for the the feature. Um, at the very least, uh, Mark Brombacker, who was the guy who played the the dad. He's uh, he's, gonna, he's actually kind of spearheading the project. He's uh, a co-writer on it this time, and he's also going to be probably playing the dad again. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're kind of just going from there and seeing seeing what we can do with it.
0: Excellent stuff. Yeah. So I understand that you've got some other projects in the pipeline as well. Uh, you mentioned there was a, an animation feature that you were working on.
2: Yeah, it's a it's animation uh, short film. Um, it's uh, it's called a uh, multicolored blood, and uh, we're we're in um, like mid stages of production with that. We've we've animated about half of it, and we're starting to look at uh, sound design and uh, bringing on some some voice actors as well um, to actually finish the project off. Um, it, it's it's a really uh cool story as well. I, I've always kind of wanted to to do something along the psychedelic horror side of things, just very colorful and um very bright and um just using all these colors that you really don't have the opportunity to use in like your in like actual physical film a lot of the yeah. time. Um, like you are doing something like Mandy or uh that is kind of really funky. So I I kind of took actually the current world situation as an opportunity to start working on something like that, Um, so I'm actually working with an animator from Poland on on that project, and uh, we're not really sure when it's going to be uh, finished, but we're aiming to have a first draft of the actual animation done probably by end of July. and then on top of that, I'm doing a short drama right now as well, um, called "Disconnected," and uh, we're doing that completely remotely. Um, also, given the the state of the world right now, um, so yeah, it's it's that one. That one's actually something I'm very excited for because uh, I'm I've been given the opportunity to work with a lot of actors from all around the world on this project. Um, again, something I wouldn't really have the opportunity to to do um, before this. So, um, our, our lead, he's from, um, Oslo and, um, our, uh, female lead, she is from Spain. Um, so it's cool. Like we we get to kind of bring all these, uh, bring all these people together who, uh, have never really had the opportunity to work together and it's going to be completely over a digital format. Um, so everything's going to be filmed, um, online and uh by the actors themselves and i'm going to be directing via like webcam and that sounds complicated (laughs) it's very complicated yeah Yeah, it's a lot of technical stuff that we've been trying to figure out so um that that we're hoping to get into production in the next couple of weeks actually excellent
0: yeah wow that that's that sounds i wouldn't want to be doing anything like that trying to manage all those different people how many actors did you say there were like
2: there's actually only for this project. There's only two actors, but we're we're using the short as more of a test project um, yeah. to eventually, hopefully, do something um, m- with more of a feature length along the same yeah. kind of timeline um, with like the online and digital formats. Depending on how long, you know, the state of the world stays like this. Yeah,
1: um, yeah definitely, that's admirable. Really, to say that you're wanting to do something like that and. With the technology that we have, it's brilliant to be able to get that together and work. Really, it's showing that we can actually adapt in any situation we get thrown
2: Yeah, out. Thrown out. yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. Um, you know, it, it's it's a whole new world for me. Um, I'm I'm not the most tech savvy in terms of computers and everything. So luckily, I have some people helping me with this one um, <laughs> because I would not be able to to do it by myself. That's for sure. It's I'm I'm lost already. So hope like luckily. <laughs> I have all these people uh, kind of helping me and, you know, helping me spearhead, head, spearhead this project so we can actually, you know, make it possible and almost make it seem like, you know, an actual film that you would see in, you know, the theaters and everything. So, although like the way it's filmed is obviously entirely different. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting project to see how it kind of plays out because I'm curious myself. I'm, I'm not totally sure yet. So um, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, I, I I hope to see that, you know, when it comes into fruition. So just going back to the animation projects you were mentioning before, mm-hmm. uh, is, is that, a, is that a, like a 2D one or a 3D iteration?
2: Yeah, we're we're doing two D for this one. Um, it, we want it to feel quite hand drawn. Actually, um, there's lots of reds and lots of oranges and lots of purples. And, um, yeah, there's uh, uh, there's the two D animation style. Um, that, that it kind of, um, that we do want to um, play around with. Um, I've always been really interested with uh with two D animation myself. I think it can be pretty spooky. Uh, actually, um, if done properly, so um, yeah, we're we're gonna do two D with this one, and if it plays out well, then I might consider doing uh more of a three D project with this uh with the same animator, um, because we we have a couple of things that are very suitable for animation that I would love to, to film physically, but obviously right now not possible, and no. they require a lot of budgets, and I just love how free um as a director i feel doing animation like nothing's impossible which is yeah, I,
0: know, I know exactly what i mean with the projects we do it's kind of like opens up to so many possibilities you can do with you can break rules and boundaries that you couldn't possibly do with uh, real life live action work so and i i also agree that 2d is all i personally think that 2d is always the best way to express yourself more you seem with three D, I tend to see things visual. You know, they can, you can easily mess up three D how it looks, but two D there's always something, even if it's not perfect. It can it works in its own right. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. No, for sure, uh, it definitely does. Um, and I'm slowly learning that. Like, this is my first uh, attempt at actually directing animation, so it's a, a whole new ball game for me. Like, I've I've never really uh, had the opportunity to to. To do this sort of uh, uh, art st- like art form before, so I'm I'm really excited to um, explore it. It's something that I've always been very intrigued by, and I, I personally love animation, so um, I'm really I'm really excited to uh, to continue to do this and really be able to experiment with visuals, but also sound and um, yeah the actual voice acting as well. Um, again, something I've never really directed. But I'm very, very excited to try because it's always been a huge, uh, huge interest of mine. So, yeah, it's a, no better time, I guess.
0: No, exactly. You know, I and I completely understand it can take a very, very long time from experience of my own. Uh, how, it, how long it takes to do an animation. So, yeah, just just persevere through it and you'll be you'll be fine.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really cool. Like the lots of learning, uh, lots of, uh, lots of ups and downs for sure. But, um, the way that it's kind of been going so far, I'm, I am very excited. The visuals look really cool. And, um, even though I can't really, uh, you know, share any of those visuals just yet, um, I'm hoping July, August comes around and, um, I at least have some stills I can, I can show because that's, a something I'm very, very much looking forward to do and to, to show off. Um, yeah, it's it's a medium that I'm, I'm very intrigued by and something I can definitely see myself doing more down the line, depending on, um, you know, how this project goes, I think.
1: That sounds brilliant. I think it's actually, I've noticed as well, animation has become more of a bigger hit, even like in your music videos lately, because of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. it is a case of how can we get still new product information new out yeah. into the world and it is like that has actually ramped up, and it's lovely to see. Because sometimes I feel like it is a bit of a thing where it is only like your Disney Pixar kind of mm-hmm. things. It's not as, and it's all this different artwork, and it's exciting to watch them. Actually, sometimes maybe a video that you just got yeah. just yeah,
0: just walking around <laughs>
2: and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more do more, a lot more with animation, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Definitely.
2: Yeah, possibilities really are endless, and I'm learning that uh, very quickly. Um, like, you know, there, there, I was talking to the animator and I was like, I want to do this. And uh, then I kind of uh, told myself, like, no, no, I can't really do that. That's probably not possible with the budget that we have. And then uh, he's like, no, this is animation. We can pretty much do whatever, whatever you want, which is, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool being able to work with more freedom. And um, especially now, uh, I've been seeing a lot of TV shows and uh, um, like certain. Uh, mediums starting to take up animation more as well. Like what you mentioned with music videos um, and, and even TV shows. Um, I can't remember the show, but I was reading something on the CW actually converted their, uh, their final season of a live action show to animation um, just because of the current state of the world and uh, COVID and everything, um, which, is, which is really cool. And I think uh, we're going to start seeing a lot more of that as time progresses and depending on how, you know, we kind of, you know, build off of uh, you know what what we've been dealing with. So I, I think it's really cool, and um, yeah, again, that's why I'm very, very interested in actually gaining experience with animation. It's going to be a fun one.
0: Well, I look forward to seeing that in the future. Hopefully,
2: hmm. Hopefully, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely pass along stills as they as they come out because um, I'm very much looking forward to to share that one.
0: Okay, right. So we'll jump straight into the review of The Art of Self-Defence, which is a film that uh, I asked you about, like, what one of your favourite films is, and we went with with that because me and Sophie haven't seen it. It's normally Sophie who hasn't seen a film that (laughs) I've seen, but for this time we thought we'd do something different and um, see what this film's all about.
2: Yeah, I mean, Art of Self Defense. It's it's a really interesting one. Um, if you know, I I don't convince you to uh, to watch it after after this. I don't know what else will because it's it's very, it's it's a it's very strange to to say the least. Um, I don't even really know what genre to consider it. Um, I, I even think it's more like dark comedy, black humor, kind of like
0: yeah, I get that
2: vibe about it. I think
0: that's what it comes across as. I think.
2: Yeah, it's, it's cool, because it touches on really, really serious topics. And um, it, the theme as well, it's not just a funny haha sort of movie. It's very, you know, trying to take itself seriously in the weirdest way. Um, and, and there's so many ups and downs in it as well that kind of make you feel that way. And, and it really does make you feel uncomfortable as well. Um the The biggest theme that I noticed throughout the movie was uh it really touches a lot on uh toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah really just showing these really awful dynamics between you know men and women at this uh uh not just at this uh like karate studio which is where most of the movie takes place but just in general and in their lives and how um you know very toxic people can you know make you think of like think of yourself in a certain light or in a certain way when obviously that's not true or kind of make you feel beneath other people which is something this movie kind of does really well um in showing that in a very uncomfortable way
0: um yeah it it definitely comes across that way in certain things because quite
1: intense isn't it it's
0: yeah, there's especially with the. I know there's a very limited uh, musical score, but there's certain key moments in without within the film which kind of makes that builds up tension up with the, the way
2: that the music uh, comes in. Yeah, they they use sound design really really well in that movie, um, and, and I mean just in the first ten minutes, you're really being thrown right into it as well. Like the main character at that point has already. Um, dealt with a lot of very, very intense grief. And he's to the point where he doesn't even feel safe to leave his house. And um, yeah, it, it just, it's, it's really uncomfortable just to even watch those first 10 minutes knowing that, you know, this is something that, you know, really could happen to anyone. And, um, you know, just the the reality of being so terrified of leaving your house after, you know, something such as um, being jumped and mugged and hospitalized, you know, at no fault of your own. And um, having no control over that it was really you know surprising to me to watch that so early in the film um I thought that would have been more of a climax if anything and then yeah they really throw you right into it um and watching this character kind of go from someone who obviously does not even believe him and believe in himself at all or um views himself as like a very weak person to you know watching him become this very proud um and you know, strong person. It's, it's a really cool watch. Um, and they do it in a way that I haven't really seen in modern, you know, film as well. Um, it it was a really unique way because I find when a lot of, uh, these films, uh, now try to use these or like try to touch on these very important and, um, you know, these very important themes, they, you know, also kind of try to try to make it very showy in terms of, like, the picture. They they try to use these very interesting techniques and the camera angles. There's a lot going on on top of just this really big, intense one theme where Art of Self-Defense actually, it, it's very plain. There's not a lot going on when it comes to cinematography.
0: No, there's not. I, I get a, the very sense of it being, like, a very in, indie tone to, throughout the film. Yeah. The, the very limited amount of... Um scenery i guess and what you're shown in terms of space it all seems very quiet except for the people who are directly within the shot and all that stuff there's no not busy you know like not a busy office or anything it's very quiet subdued Mm. Uh, so you're only mainly focusing on the the characters that are there that are talking and you know the back and forth with all those things and like you say, there is a lot of masculinity being thrown around of like is subversing the female lead, for example um Hannah, who's kind of never gonna be a man because she's a woman basically to to get a black belt and all that kind of stuff, and it's just yeah it's not very pleasant the way that it's it comes across
2: yeah it it really is uh, like unpleasant is a a very good word to use in that you know uh, sort of context because yeah, just watching it, I was kind of shaking my head and um you know, just thinking, it's like, wow, this is disgusting. But also, I I know that that sort of stuff happens very often still, and it's it's you
0: know yeah still. I do like the whole fact of like you know like character what's he called Casey isn't he, which is again referred to as a, a very womanly name yeah. a number of times yeah. through the thing. And then you know, like, I want to learn French, which again they mentioned that oh that's you know the French are weak and they surrender so learn German instead, and all that kind of stuff to, you know, and getting, this character's very easily manipulated, and what, and he's kind of like, he just goes along with it, and it's, it, it's, you know, like, there are people who are easily swayed by other people's opinions, I guess.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, there was one scene, that, like, halfway through the movie that really stood, stood out to me as well, and it was when, uh, they were. Uh, it was. I think after his first uh, night class at this uh, at this karate studio, um, and he was doing a cool down, um, and uh, he kind of gets dragged to the side uh, to the the women's locker room, yeah. uh, which literally just this place's boiler room with one locker. On. Um, <laughs> yeah. and uh um the 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 teacher the sensei is like oh I'm sorry that you have to be the one to to do this and cool down with a girl but everyone had to do it at some point and that's just part of this initiation and um and then a Mogan character says something like oh I, I'm sorry that my hands aren't as strong as a man's and I was just like what I was I was just kind of shocked that um like that, that was just kind of Portrayed so casually in this in this film, like she had kind of just accepted that um, because it's been kind of built into her through her time at this uh, at the studio. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just in you know, building, into like you can't, you know, this is
0: how it is. You can't do anything about it, kind of.
1: But you could sense as well there was um, a side of her which it did anger her because yeah, obviously, resent,
0: she,
1: yeah, yeah, she did resent um, the guy that had got the black belt, which obviously she was more worthy of that black belt and obviously I'm going to be definitely on her drum beating a drum and saying (laughs) you know you vote for it you a strong woman that can Mm -hmm. obviously yeah and she could have taken anybody out of that karate club
0: that she wanted to
2: yeah
0: but she knew her place which was sort of the wrong thing to do in this instance yeah yeah
2: Yeah, it, it and it's it was cool because um right after that that scene where she obviously didn't get the black belt, she immediately proved to everyone that she should have been the one to get it, which is really cool as well, even though she she is kinda um, you know, seen as the weaker weaker person in the story. Um she knows that's not the case about herself and obviously Casey does as well and she wants to prove that. And I I just thought that was a really cool, um, cool thing for her to do. She kinda proved a point and immediately then went back to just being this you know very weak viewed person because of how this dojo has made her out to be yeah and, yeah it was it was really interesting because I, I don't really see that in a lot of uh modern film at least portrayed in that way um so it was cool to watch um and kind of see a uh, Mogan Potts kick some guys yeah just kick some guys ass and um just do what she does best which is probably better than anyone else at that studio mm-hmm. so yeah i thought that was a really cool little sequence as well just to to kind of prove she is a very powerful person and i think her character really needed that sort of arc in that mid-story otherwise i don't know if she could have ever gotten out of that
0: no i'm not sure but most no, um obviously i think it's probably because of the the old you know the color belts that they have but the color plays it seems to play a strong part in the film because obviously on the, the, the scenery there's a lot of yellows. Mm-hmm. I
1: think the
0: main quote really. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like once he gets a yellow belt, everything, <laughs>
1: every colour he wears he gets, yellow.
0: Yellow, <laughs> is yellow. He gets he buys yellow belt specifically, and then he buys yellow food, wears a yellow t-shirt, <laughs> and it's just it just becomes more prominent throughout the thing because I'm like noticing that a lot more. I don't tend to notice things with colour that prom- um you know being that in the background but, but again I think it's because of the whole whole thing you know the the dojo with the karate and you know you get your certain belts and that seemed to sh- strike out a lot more in this film
2: yeah it, it was really cool um just because uh Jesse Eisenberg's character Casey like he was like for the first like half of the movie viewed as a very weak character or a fem- feminine character because of his name because of he got like he was jumped and he just felt really helpless and um, as soon as he started getting these belts, you could see his confidence shift a lot. And he was very proud of that. And I think it was because of how proud he was where like these colors started coming into, to play a lot more. Everything he bought was yellow and, uh, everything he wore is yellow. And then he got the yellow belt so he could wear his yellow belt every single day at work and everything. And, um, that was really interesting. Um, and and probably one of the funniest things in that movie as well, I think. Um, especially when um, uh, he gives the the box of like colored belts to the sensei, uh, he's like, "Oh, I made you, I made you a special belt, sensei. It's black. It's literally a regular yeah, belt." Exactly.
0: Who exactly. have never seen a black belt before? <laughs> yeah, you know, and a brown belt as well, which you can get probably get easily, quite easily. But you
2: know, <laughs> it was it was really funny just because all like. So many times through the 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 movie, um, characters would come up to him. He's like, they're all like, uh, we we love these belts. Now I can wear, and now I can be a brown belt all day. Or now I can be a black belt all day and show, you know, where I am in this karate uh, journey of mine. And I just thought that was so funny because, man, I wear a black belt every day. Like, it's not that special, but <laughs> yellow, oranges, blues. I mean, sure, but... Black and brown, I thought was so funny, uh, just because, yeah, there, there's not anything that special about that when, I mean, at the end of the day, like the black belt is the most special belt there is, I guess. Um, so it was cool, um, the way that they kind of used that. And yeah, color played a huge part in that as, as well, just kind of uh, like watching him kind of go to his really boring office job wearing a yellow belt and everything and having people stare at him, I thought was really cool, because you know, even that kind of shows that he he grown at least a little bit of self confidence back after being jumped because, you know, that's that's something that you'd probably get stared at, especially in a boring office job. So um, I thought that was kind of cool to uh, to watch as well.
0: I, what funnily enough, one of the other things we noticed kind of after the fact when we we were reflecting on the film was that how very similar it is in a way because on the on our last
2: review we we did a review on Fight Club. And we kind of got
0: similar vibes from this as well.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, there is definitely some nightclub vibes there.
0: I think for me as
1: well personally was the um <laughs> on the nightclub and um, like with the fight club on yeah. the evening, that I'm a bit of a anything gory, like so like from fight club, I was like got my book and I was like covering my face because like, oh, it's gruesome, I can't stand it. And then the first scene I'm thinking, okay, I can see that this is now got a bit dark compared to the daytime. Karate kind of club, but then the first, literally, he he gets this the other guy that is like his friend, the blue belt, yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's something going to happen to him, and I don't know what's going to happen to him. So I'm like emotionally preparing myself because I can tell just by like the light in the tone of the way that they're talking, it's like yeah, the nightclub is just. I if I was invited, I would not go. Yeah. It'd be like the first time I'd entered that room, I'd be like, right, get me out
0: of there completely. <laughs>
2: yeah and then obviously ends up
0: breaking his arm oh
2: I'd be terrified I would run right out of that building I could not do that absolutely not definitely
1: why he goes back though that's the thing because he's a vulnerable accountant Mm. which I always feel sorry for him because I'm in like I work in finance and the accountants always get given the bad time of like oh well you're so like tight with money you won't let us do anything and it's like and he's so kind of vulnerable and insecure you can kind of sense that from him on the first shot like he's wearing gray he's quite dull and drab yeah and you can see that it is like preying on the vulnerable a bit with this karate club that they've got
2: yeah it's it's cool um the way that they kind of do a lot of those things you know it's it's a movie that doesn't really have a lot of explanatory dialogue um, at the end of the day. Like they tend to explain a lot of like who, who these characters are through lighting and through uh, color a lot more than they do actual dialogue, which I find really interesting. Um, That's kind of like my style of directing as well. I like showing instead of telling. Um, So I I really like when movies do that and this, this did that quite well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's obviously a lot of um, obsessiveness of this, for this character when it comes to the fighting girl, Again, that's what sort of Fight Club was about as well. The mm. whole you know, it's, it's entirely dedicated to this karate club class. It's taken over it's his world, hasn't yeah. it?
1: Really, he, he loses his job yeah. because of this, and that happens in Fight Club, club as, as well. well yeah. but at least there's not the kind of mental
0: yeah state <laughs> of mind <my>, yeah <laughs> in a sense. But yeah, um, do you do you happen to know? Because I was trying to researching because you know obviously they, they've got like. VHS tapes and things in the in the film and other things that are very old style. Do you know when the film was actually supposed to be set?
2: Oh, uh, um I actually don't know like when it's actually supposed to be set but just based on a lot of like the vehicles that were being driven um and just kind of the the art art design and like art direction and everything I would probably guess early 2000s to maybe like late 90s. Um that's kind of my guess, but I, I actually have no idea uh, when it's supposed to be set, um, which is interesting because I actually hadn't really thought about that all too much. Um, and I guess that is a very prominent thing in the movie as well. Like there is a lot of uh, very dated appliances um, in Casey's apartment.
0: That was one of the things I kind of I noted because otherwise you would have thought it was a fairly normal, like modern day time this was happening but it's when you see the the way the style of the, the decor and the rooms and all the that computer stuff. So that was, as well because i was sort of thinking hang on a minute that's a very old computer is it when this yeah
1: <laughs> and the um tape recorder as well like the yeah. video recorder when yeah. he was filming
0: yeah watching the films back and all that stuff and it's like oh, okay hmm yeah so maybe, maybe between the two i don't know if that was just maybe a stylistic choice that the director went for but
2: i think it does uh like definitely lend itself just being dated and everything as well because i i view this as a very like very dramatized um way to kind of explain toxic masculinity but if we're looking at it in the sense of like how kind of horrible you know this sort of stuff was like even 20 years ago compared to how it is now um it does actually make a lot of sense um and a lot more sense um especially with some of the dialogue that's been delivered um like like art of self defense has always been one of those movies for me where um I'm watching it and I don't actually know if I should be laughing or not like it, it's like it's kind of oh that was a really bad thing to say but you're saying it in this kind of like humoristic kind of context. Should I laugh? Should I not? And, um, I, I guess it does actually make sense for it to be dated. So, I, I, in my opinion, it probably is more of a, uh, like more than just a stylistic choice, um, which would be, yeah, interesting to look at a little bit more. Um, I, I actually have no idea. I would be curious to read about that, um, when when it actually is set, because, I have no clue, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. I thought um, I thought I'd ask the question just in case I was missing something, but um, yeah, no, that's fine. One other thing I noticed about I kind of found funny about the fact the whole persona behind the sensei being all kind of like all about masculinity, and there was the the one scene particularly near the end where you know he's he's opening up the dojo, and and then he's doing like what I sort of guess deem as womanly chores, you know, like he's He's vacuuming the the floor <laughs> and cleaning the toilets and stuff, and then the, the fact that it's revealed that his natural name is Leslie, which is again a, a very feminine ish name. <laughs> so he's kind of maybe he's, he's kind of just trying to mask his masculinity to be a bit more subversive in
2: in that regard. Definitely, yeah. It's it's yeah that that makes a lot of sense. And um the the dialogue uh, in that scene where uh, Casey's like. Isn't that right, Leslie? And he's like, "Yeah, that's right. I know your name. It's even more uh, feminine than Casey." And I just thought that was really cool because, um, like, you you kind of even though it's a really horrible and toxic relationship between the sensei and Casey, um, I think the sensei really does view Casey as a prodigy or someone that he could kind of groom to take over this dojo, or you know, even just be one of his teachers and everything. And when, like, at the very end of the movie, when he does say that and he says the sensei's actual name is Leslie and it's even more feminine than Casey, you can see the pa- like the power shift in everything as well. And for the first time in the movie, the sensei really did come off as vulnerable, which I, I thought was really cool. Um, something that, uh, again, just with so, so little dialogue, you're able to tell so much about this person, uh, you know, being able to show instead of tell is something that this movie does so well and i i just i love that so um yeah that scene really was really cool to me and then obviously the final fight between casey and
0: <laughs> yeah i did laugh at that because it, it kind of i guess it um i don't know if you've seen like there's like a monty python sketch that's sort of very sort of similar with um uh how to defend yourself from a banana or something and then uh someone runs at somebody and then they again they they shoot a gun at them <laughs> to to subdue the person so it's kind of like yeah. very <laughs> parallel with that so I kind of find that funny
2: and I, I find it really funny as well because the entire movie they're they're talking about how one guns are for the week and yeah and um this the sensei being able to to punch or or kick so hard with their fist that it just pokes a hole through them and kills them instantly and yeah. it's so obvious through it like watching it back after uh seeing it once or twice it, it's very obvious to me that this original sensei definitely just shot someone like he he didn't <laughs> yeah he didn't combat. so I just thought that was so funny at the end where I was just like oh he was talking about just shooting someone that entire time and that's exactly what Casey did and that's really funny. <laughs> like that was, that was a really smart idea. I, I thought, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I was, I laughed very hard at that scene uh, after, after watching it. And then that kind of final dialogue that, uh, that Casey has where uh, he, he's kind of giving a Moken Pot's character, the, the black belt and, and everything like that. I thought that was so cool. And the, the dog that he was speaking to in Russian, that was
1: also
2: <laughs> lovely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think it's quite apt how actually he's manipulated Casey into this character and this person that he is and actually now with the training that he's somewhat done in the background of morphing this person's confidence building them up it's, it's actually kind of kind of backfired on him in a sense because obviously is it's like a toxic kind of relationship you've got kind of you've got like a father figure somewhat kind of trying to look after him make him grow but at the same time the way that he's doing it is just so cruel and manipulative and it's like it actually he does deserve everything he gets <laughs> at the end of the film but I was still quite shocked you laughed didn't you and yeah, I yeah. looked at you like why are you laughing he just shot this man in the head
0: <laughs> it's just the way that it was done that was there was no one I didn't
1: see it actually coming at I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's going to die. He's going to die because he's literally... There's no comparisons here. He's obviously going to be weaker. What's better than... Uh, Well, and I did notice as well, they kind of did seem... So for us, Brits, it's a bit strange to see a gun kind of like just going into
0: a shop. And just being freely able to just go and buy one (laughs) almost right off the shelf almost, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I I rewatched this movie again recently, and I, I just... Was shaking my head and being like, "Wow, it's crazy that that's just possible to, to do." And like, no questions. It's like, "Oh yeah, we'll run a background check, and you can come buy this gun in like a month." Yeah, just like oh, that's way too easy. Like, you shouldn't be able to do that.
1: Even on the phone <laughs> yeah. call they had, the guy was like, oh, "I." Um, and was like, "No, I don't need a gun anymore." and He's like, "Are you sure?" And um, have you and, got
2: kids
0: now or something? Yeah, there, and yeah.
1: then well have you got a knife now to protect you because that's even worse. Yes. You should have a gun yeah. and it's like advertising to actually have a yeah, promoting the it up. gun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It
2: was it was really that was a that was a really interesting thing and um that was something that we we don't really see that side of uh, of film a lot either. Um like that's I can't really think of a lot of movies where they kind of walk into a gun like a, a gun shop and kind of go through the actual process of doing the background checks and, and everything like that. Like that's like, cause like uh, even like Hollywood specifically has uh, definitely made it seem very accessible and boom, everyone has a gun and it's hiding. And um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people I'm sure like, it's not that easy or realistic to get one, but then you watch a scene like that and I'm just like, huh, is it really just that easy to get one in America? Who, who really knows? And it was kind of shocking to me. So yeah, it was a it's an interesting point to bring up with the gun and everything. And oh yeah, a knife is worse, and you know you're you're more likely to to die if you also have kids in a gun or something like this. And just his his speech was not very inspiring as to why you should not own a gun. It was very inspiring as to why you you should. A lot of the time it was very yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a really weird side to watch and that was one of those scenes where i was like wow should i be laughing at this or is this actually a very topical issue that you know we should actually be talking about more seriously um so i don't know it was it was really it was a weird one to 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 watch that entire movie it's full of a lot of things i just don't really see a lot and yeah uh, like just hollywood like movies or even movies that are based in the States because I, I think it's LA that it takes place. I can't really remember though, um, which is again, like a, a very large populated place that is very good at, you know, making things seem a lot better than they might be. Um, so it's cool to see this sort of side of it, which we don't really get to see a lot. I thought that was a really fun, fun thing to do.
0: you definitely Yeah. Is there any more points you want to do before? wrapping up to scoring so
1: um I just kind of I've said weirdly I kind of knew I don't know how I knew that the karate club it was kind of like a money-making scheme like prey on the vulnerable attack the vulnerable if they don't die they'll walk past the karate shop and they'll be like I need to self-defense now and it's kind of like an their own way of marketing in a sense yeah to get the kind of um people to join their lessons and that was like a little bit of a case of they were building up this class and then obviously people had background issues which then would then would join this bike club to mm-hmm. then kind of repeat the same thing that's just happened mm-hmm. to themselves mm-hmm. if you get yeah, else, yeah yeah so it's almost
0: culty in that sense yeah
1: and I think I get, that was a Fight Club kind of
0: yeah again. feel
1: again for me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, I was a bit like I'm not sure. I think I don't know if it's more the dark humor. I'm 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 one for a very very good happy ending. <laughs> Paul will know this if if it. So I was sat there like I'm not I'm happy with the fact that Anna got a black belt. Yeah, that was well deserved, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of the right way to have it
0: mm-hmm.
1: end. And I think it ended on a good note. Yeah, to say that yeah it it deserved, it deserved to die <laughs> yeah. so I think mm-hmm, sure. it was quite I think I ended up after watching the film we both kind of looked at one another didn't we and I was like I'm not really sure where to start with what, <laughs> with what to say it, and not in a, in a negative way but it was more like it took you on a bit of a roller coaster of emotions I felt
0: yeah, throughout I think I guess that's what the film was going for. Mm-hmm.
2: And and honestly, like, I actually don't even know if there was just one climax throughout that movie. It kind of... It's, it's really calm for, like, 20 minutes, and then it's just a nightmare. And then it's really calm for, like, 20 more minutes. Yeah. And then this is happening, and then it's really calm for, like, 40 minutes, and then it's just a nightmare for the last, like, hour of the movie, and or, like, 30 minutes of the movie or something. And I was just... I was like, I don't even know how to feel. It keeps making me think that everything's going to be okay. And then it's even worse. And then it's fine again. And I kind of forget about this really bad thing. And then it reminds me of another really bad thing. And I was yeah, kind of watching it. And I'm just like, it was really good. But also, I don't even know where to start thinking and how to dissect this movie. Because there were just so many things to, that happened. And so many ups and downs. I really didn't know how to feel by the end of the movie. I was like...
1: I exactly the same because I didn't know like you were like what did you think and I'm like I actually just don't know how I feel I, I and and I'm not actually kind of, I think the only other film that's made me feel a bit like that was um, Shutter Island, I was a bit like oh, yeah. I did not see this coming, I do not know how I feel with the ending or any of the actual film that I've just watched because I've just watched a lie basically Yeah. And <laughs> and I think sometimes you feel like when you're watching it you do feel a little bit betrayed by the actual movie so I think that was like when you're sitting there and you're like I do not know and you're looking at me like well well and I'm like I didn't have a clue what to say yeah. <laughs> but not in
2: a I bad feel- way yeah not in a bad way for sure but like I felt the exact same honestly um I think my last thought of that movie was huh should I feel happy that he just murdered the sensei like do we celebrate that or i should feel bad right like i actually had no idea by the end if i should be rooting for these people and who i should be rooting for and what's a success and at the end of the day like what's really like not a great thing and i don't know there were just so many ups and downs i I really still yeah i've seen the movie so many times now and i still don't even really know how i feel if it was
0: (laughs) I'm always I was for the character who's, you know, the, the weak character who gets a comeuppance in the end. So I'm always kind of think, feeling like it was a victory for him in the end because I kind of see...
1: That's some, a British thing, that yeah, is. Yeah. That every,
0: the, Seeing a bit of myself in him, I guess, in a way. We love an underdog, yeah. though, don't we? Yeah.
1: Anybody who's an underdog, we would definitely back them. Yeah. So I think that's a thing for us where we're like, yeah, he did get his
2: upcomings. Just, yeah, 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 and
1: yeah. it's a case of well-triumphed in a sense because really he should have if you looked at the scenario if they were going to actually do the genuine fight
0: yeah he would not win he would not he, he was smart enough to do you know <laughs> break break the rules so to speak um and
2: you know yeah I say for sure and i thought that was really cool
0: right so we'll go to uh scores so nick do you want to kick it off
2: yeah. Um, okay. So like out of five, out of 10, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, yeah,
0: we normally do it out of 10. Okay. So, but you can, if you, if you prefer to do out of five, that's up to, absolutely up to you is whatever your scoring system is, I guess.
2: Um, I'll do, I'll do it out of 10. Um, I, I just think, um, I, I, I give it a solid nine, um, just because it is a movie that I do think has a lot of rewatchability, um, which is something when I am rating movies, um, I think is really important. Um, I, I think I'm going to give it a higher rating if, if I can actually, you know, have some rewatchability there. So a nine, because it has a lot of rewatchability because it's really smart and it, it's, it's really funny as well in a very dark way. And that's just kind of my humor, I guess you, you watched During the game night, so you, you, you know that, but
0: yeah,
2: I <laughs> uh, so yeah like I, 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 give it a, I give it a solid nine. Um, I, I think, it's one of the better indie films I've seen in a, in a very long time for sure.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to give it uh, an eight eight out of 10. Um, I did enjoy the thing. I kind of black comedy humor is kind of my thing. So I'm, I, I definitely got something out of that. And, you know, like throughout the film, there's these kind of these moments where it's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's just how it works. It just makes sense to have that kind of tone to it, that almost dry tone with the way it's delivered. And, um, it's quite unique in in how it's it uses like the music, the, how the characters are interacting with each other, mm-hmm. um, and then sort of the limited space that they they they're the, the working in, and it all just kind of works out well. And and um, I think from what you've described and your thing it's definitely probably worth a, a rewatch to maybe soak in a little more from it. Um. So yeah. So Sophie. <laughs>
1: I might not be scoring it as highly as you two possibly but I think that's more for my humor and how I felt afterwards I was like I don't know if I can put myself through that (laughs) anytime soon yeah again Mm -hmm. just because I was like I just don't know how I feel and normally I'm quite vocal aren't I on how I feel and I was just like I literally don't know if I'm happy or if I'm sad I literally just don't feel much and not because of the fact that the film was shockingly rubbish it wasn't it was the fact that the film made you feel so bad about thinking about something that should be somewhat good it wasn't like a define of good or bad it was kind of playing tricks on your brain I felt within that though that doesn't mean there wasn't good content within the movie and there was good characterization like I did like Casey and I did like Anna and I feel like they were quite solid characters for me have you noticed I've always picked the nice ones.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'd probably say a solid seven for me. Okay. I think, as well, with the fact that they do highlight women, obviously being kind of the weaker, not in a bad way, because obviously that is something that does happen, and it's not that it's something we should shun on. But it's like eventually she does get her up- upcomings, really. Yeah. But in a way that you like, does she deserve it? Doesn't she? And I think it's that thin lining of bit, yeah right? messing with your mind that makes me think mm, I don't know if I want to watch that straight away again tomorrow <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I took a solid maybe like four or five month break in between my first and second watch it, it's pretty heavy I couldn't just watch that back to back two nights in a row that's a that's a big no from me I needed more of a buddy comedy after that I think
1: <laughs> Yeah. definitely definitely but well, I think we've actually done I did say to Paul um done some quite intense films lately and i'm one all for a happy ending and like they fall in love and they get whisked away and <laughs>
0: <laughs> or something along those lines
1: what would be hard we've had fight club which was yeah but i actually i knew what was coming on that one yeah you did um we've had um king of comedy Kennedy. what else have you
0: get thrown at me lately well shut well, Island Shutter a while Island. back but again these. Things that are kind of like very heavy on like the mental state of people.
1: I so. was fuming with the Shutter Island one. I still don't think it's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, Shutter Island's a, a very cool movie. That's a, it's, I, it's, it's definitely like a, like a very big manipulative movie in terms of like how it makes you feel and what you see and uh, I actually rewatched that one recently myself uh, as well uh, like maybe a month or so ago Uh, I I watch it maybe like once a year maybe once every two because it is very interesting from like a filmmaking point of view but yeah it's it's a heavy watch I can't do that often.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what is your outcome I know we should be I just want to out of interest with Shutter Island do you think that He is kind of, oh, I forgot the name now. Teddy. Teddy. Or is he actually the inspector? Or do you you actually, in the end, because I was really, really like, I didn't believe it, that he was Teddy. I still don't. And I don't know if that's just me being ever the optimist.
2: I think he is. Uh, I think he is Teddy. Yeah. Uh, It's just knowing who's behind that movie and like who's involved with that project. Yeah, it's definitely the worst option of the two. Definitely. <laughs> that's kind of where my mind goes.
1: <laughs> I was like, literally trying to convince you, wasn't I? Like, no, he's definitely the inspector. Yeah. He still ended up having a lobotomy, and that's what he was going to figure out and undercover. And he was right with everything that he said, though. He yeah. wasn't wrong. That's the thing that kind of... But I didn't see it coming at all, did I? Not one bit. With Fight Club, I'd, I'd got wise i think i'd
0: you catching on to
1: these
0: yeah because
1: <laughs> yeah. we'll be honest sophie's well my filming isn't viewing isn't that much as the
0: really? no that's uh, what that's why we set up doing this podcast in the first place because it says i've seen a lot a lot of films and sophie hasn't seen a lot of them but i feel like she's missing out on some of these these very deep
1: yeah i think dives of well, I'm my so background weird. is literally my mum and dad split up from when I was thirteen years old and then there was a house of three women and all we used to watch was rom coms and such. And
2: for me it's more Disney movies, so I'm I'm there with you, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would literally be it. There'd be no branching out any action film you gave me, I wouldn't be interested, would I?
2: No.
1: And then you put me through all the Avenger Get Avengers.
2: Avengers, Marvel all that yep. stuff, yeah, Now we're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me, it was when I, whenever I was with my mom, it was like Disney movies and little cartoons with my, with my little brothers. And then when I was with my dad, I would get like classic Godzilla and like Power Rangers and Star Wars. So I I did have both, but it was very, yeah, there were, there were some polar opposites there. There was nothing really in the middle. I didn't really like comedy movies. It was either give me absurd sci-fi or give me just something fun and cartooned. Yeah. Oh good. <laughs> so I'm I'm there with you.
0: Yeah. Okay, well um I think we'll leave it there for now. So thank you very much, Nick, for joining us. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you for picking the film, even
1: though it messed with my head.
0: No, yeah, it was a
2: good experience, I so at least. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys both enjoyed it. I mean a seven's still a pretty high rating. I'll mm-hmm. I'll get i like I I'm pretty I still think that's pretty pretty good, and I, I think that's worth celebrating. And, yeah, no, I, thank you again for having me. Um, you know, I love talking about films, so I'm, yeah, I'm very happy that we got to do this, especially when it's a film that I do very much enjoy. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate the time, guys.
0: Yeah, no, we would like love to have you on again at some point down the line. Uh, have you got anything, like, uh, you got Twitter or anything to plug or anything like that?
2: Yeah, of course. So um, Twitter is just Nick Ferwerda, N-I-C-K-F-E-R-W-E-R-D-A. And that's also the same for my Instagram. Uh, I do photography, a lot of like dark, gritty film style stuff as well. So uh, if that's something that anyone wants to check out, my Instagram handle is that, uh, the exact same as my Twitter. And that's about it for social media. And then... Obviously, you can watch my stuff on Amazon Prime, uh, either searching Family Game Night or even my name. It comes up if you search it. So, um, yeah, I, I'd love for uh, for anyone to check that out.
0: Sounds
1: brilliant. I'll definitely t- check out um, your photography because I actually studied that in university. So I love photography to bits. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah I, I love my photography. I shoot all like 35 millimeter and medium format. Uh, I don't shoot digital, so it still has that very gritty look as well. Um, again, I guess I like spooky things so what um, of- I loved the dark room. That was
1: my favorite place
2: to be. <laughs> Me too. It's still one of my favorite places.
0: So we obviously we are SP film viewers. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under the handle SP film viewers and you can listen to us on podbean itunes spotify and wherever else you might your podcast from anything else to add Sophie? before we wrap up nope
1: that's everything i think
0: yes so thank you once again nick
1: thank and you so much
0: yes thank you for your time
2: thank you so much for having us
0: and we'll speak to you next time
1: speak to you next time take care everyone
0: yep, bye now